Take the usual podcast hosting companies and you'll stay in expensive wonderland. Take the podcast of Matrix hosting and you'll experience a completely different world of whole podcast library hosting. Choose wisely at podcastmatrix.com. That's podcastmatrix.com. Are you troubled by pop culture references you don't understand? Does trying to figure out a good jumping on point in a long-running comic series keep you up at night? Have you or your friends or family seen a comic book-based movie, TV show, or cartoon and not known what was going on? If the answer is yes, then this is the podcast for you. My Big Fat Pull List. Our assembly of knowledgeable hosts are eager to help answer all your comic book-based pop culture questions. We're ready to geek out with you. San Diego Comic-Con. The comic book, film, television, and pop culture event of the year. For some, a yearly chance to let their geek flag fly. For others, a life-altering experience like no other. For most, an unattainable goal, an unreachable star. If you find yourself in the latter section, like we do, that means you spent your weekend constantly refreshing your Facebook or Twitter feed, determined not to miss a single announcement from the big show. It's almost impossible to absorb all the information flowing out of Comic-Con, but we here at the pull list are armed with paper towels and sponges ready to whet your appetite for geek gossip and nerd news as we list our top 10 favorite announcements from San Diego Comic-Con 2019. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I am Mr. X. I'm Smurfy. Pistol Danger. You forgot my favorite thing is missing out on Comic-Con exclusives that will soon be on eBay for upwards of 20 times their original asking price. Uh, That's what I'm the most excited for. Yeah, no, we skipped over that because that would just enrage us, and we already have enough of Stinky Pistol Pete yelling about everything. Well, the problem is is that if we included any of that, the list would be a hell of a lot longer than 10. As of right now, we actually had to narrow it down to 10 talking points of out of all of the huge announcements that came out of San Diego Comic-Con 2019. So without further ado, let's get to the list. Number 10. Eisner winning comics and creators of 2019. Question. Yes. What is that? What what are the The Eisner Eisner, Awards? Yes. I'm glad you asked, Murphy. The Eisner Awards are actually named in honor of the pioneer cartoonist Will Eisner who is known for creating the spirit. He's also known for a whole hell of a lot of other stuff. We could do an entire podcast episode just on the influences of Mr. Eisner. Every year on the Friday night of Comic-Con, they hold the Eisner Awards. The Eisners honor the best in American comics, cartooning, and comic-related publishing. There are too many talented folks involved both nominated and winners. So we're just going to name a handful here. The best writer. This year the winner was Mr. Tom King, who's known for writing Batman for DC Comics, along with Mr. Miracle, Heroes in Crisis, and the uh, Swamp Thing Winter Special. 
Dr. Impact is a huge fan of Tom King. Now, I did want to mention that Kelly Thompson was one of the nominees. And I bring her up simply because she has written a lot of great Marvel books that I've read, including Mr. and Mrs. X, the Rogue and Gambit miniseries, West Coast Avengers, and Uncanny X-Men. The winner for best single issue one-shot was Chip Sardowski for uh, the issue of Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, issue 310. I do collect amazing Spider-Man, but I do not read Spectacular, so I, uh, I'm i going to assume it was one hell of an issue for him to actually win the award for that. Best Continuing Series winner was the book Giant Days by John Allison through Boom. Now, I do have to point out that the Immortal Hulk book was also nominated for this category. Uh, that is a book that I've been picking up since issue one, and am absolutely floored by it. Uh, there's probably an Immortal Hulk episode of the pull list in our future, so just be forewarned, folks. Uh, best limited series, the winner was Mr. Miracle by Tom King. So He, he won a few. And uh, the best new series was Gideon Falls by Jeff Lemire through Image Comics. Uh, like I said before, there are many, many nominees, many, many categories, many winners. Can't list them all here, but there will be a link to all of that information for you in the show notes for this episode on our website. Number nine. Shudder original series, Creep Show trailer drops. Now my close friends know that I have an affinity for horror movies and ho- all horror things in general. One of the horror is like scary. Horror. The, oh, oh, okay. Not women that you pay to sleep with. Ladies but, of the night. Lady. Yes. Also scary. <laughs> they can be. Creep Show was actually a series of films conceived by the late George Romero of Night of the Living Dead fame. That's why it's familiar. And Stephen King. They always wanted to do a, a film together. They wanted to work together. And they said, hey, let's do an anthology movie where we can just tell a bunch of little stories. You know, essentially a whole bunch of mini movies. Like Tales of the Crypt style. Uh, very much. Actually, the thing that inspired them were the old EC comics, the old Tales from the Crypt, oh, yeah. Vault of Horror, and all of the horror comics of the 50s and 60s. They were like, why don't we do that? And the films represented that. The Creepshow comic book was in the movie. And the beginning of every story, the pay, the comic opened and, you know, you'd see some art and then we'd go into live action. Very similar to what they did when they did the sequel as well, Creepshow 2. Not as great as the first one, but still filled with that Romero slash Stephen King flair. Now, the interesting thing about it is that Greg Nicotero the executive producer and master of all things zombie on The Walking Dead, is heading up this TV revival of Creepshow. And there's a, uh, it's a handful of episodes. Uh, there'll be two stories per episode. All-star casts for all of these. If you're a horror fan, if, you, if you're a big fan of the horror comics, it drops on Shudder the end of September of this year. So if you were a fan of the original Creepshow film, you definitely want to check out Creepshow the series. What is Shudder? Shudder is... From what I looked up, it was a streaming service, right? It, yes, it's a okay. streaming service that is catered towards horror. Got you. Okay. Oh, so, okay. Huh. 
And I, and I do believe AMC is like the parent company. Fair enough. I thought Shutter was a photo uh, delivery service. So, you know. You would be wrong. I think you're thinking of Shutter with two T's, not D's. A camera shutter. Like, this sh- is Shutter, like, ooh. There's a thing called Shutterfly okay. or something like that that does camera stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, I think maybe that's what I was saying, though. So it's Shutter, not Shutter, to be confused with Shutter. This one's right? got this one's got D's for Dum Dum. Oh, Smurfy, you don't have to talk about yourself like that. I think you're a great guy. Number eight. Batman Beyond getting a Blu-ray treatment. Boys, I allow you to squeal like women. Finally. I mean, that's the squealing part, but finally it comes out on Blu-ray. Yes. Ugh. I mean, yeah, especially after I just buy it on DVD. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, see, I bought it when it first came out, but uh, apparently it's 20th anniversary of a 25th This is the 20th, 20th anniversary. There was a Batman Beyond 20th panel. anniversary panel. It was awesome. And at the panel, they announced that, yes, just like the previous year when they took Batman the Animated Series and put that through the Blu-ray treatment, they're doing that for a Batman Beyond. Now... Technically speaking, it's not every single episode. I do believe it's out of the 55 episodes, only 44 of them are going to be Blu-ray. There were 11 episodes that had degraded so much over the decades that they couldn't be put through the Blu-ray process, but they have been up-resed. Okay. Now, the cool things about it is right now it is up for pre-order on Amazon. There is the $100 version that comes with a really cool... Funko Pop of Batman Beyond in the nice glossy color or paint, the the glossy paint. Uh, It'll also have uh, plenty of featurettes and the Return of the Joker film also available in the set. That's awesome. One of my all-time favorite animated films from the DC Universe was Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Totally yeah. underrated. Yeah. Did they say whether it was the edited version or the unedited version? Oh, yeah, there's two endings of that. There, uh, yes, and uh, there was no information that I could find on whether or not it was the unrated version. That's why I'm not going to get rid of my DVD of right. it, because it's the unrated version. Oh, see, I think I have the rated, which is ah. bummer, I know. Yeah. The interesting thing that did come out of it, though, is while they were actually talking about the Blu-ray set being released, they started talking about a story of a possible sequel to Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. They had plans to do more films. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Return of the Joker didn't make any money, sadly. I mean, it's, it, it, and it's it is a brilliant film. It's a great movie. But nobody saw oh, yeah. it. Well, you know why? They didn't advertise it for anything. Also, it was just sadly. out on DVD. Yeah, like, all of a sudden it's TV. there. Also, it was just there. If you happen to be at Best Buy, you saw it. If you weren't, it was gone. Yeah. Uh, according to what uh, Bruce Tim. The executive producer for the series uh, said that their plan was Return of the Catwoman. It was going to be uh, the story of Selina Kyle, and she was actually going to be responsible for the quote-unquote creation of Terry McGinnis. She hmm. was going to be the one that took the DNA, DNA from Bruce. And gave it and, to and, and, and Amanda Waller. No. Oh. No. It was going to be her taking the DNA and inseminating into the McGinnis family to create the illegitimate yeah. son of oh, Bruce man. Wayne. Right. Now, so sin- she would have taken the Amanda Waller role from Justice League Unlimited. Is exactly. That what you're to think yes. About? Well, see, when when that film got scrapped, they ended up using pieces of that plot 
in the episode epilogue from Justice League Unlimited. Right. And instead of it being Selena Kyle, it was Amanda Waller. So I, I, a lot of really interesting stuff coming out of the Batman Beyond 20th anniversary panel. I did try and keep up with some of the DC things because I have the DC app now. So I want to try and stay, I, I, I want to be more into DC than, I, than their movies. They announced and showed a Harley Quinn trailer, an animated show. And that looks like fun, cheesecakey, you know. Rated R, though. Yeah, Queen. it's definitely rated R. Yeah, like, you know, like, yeah, here you go. It's like, okay, cool. They announced season two of Titans and Doom Patrol. They announced some things. Nothing that really grabbed me, but this was, this is probably the most, well, let me say second most for something we've got coming up. This is probably the second most grabbing thing is Batman Beyond getting the Blu-ray treatments. And if you are as a big a fan of Batman Beyond like we are, I already know that you're jumping on your phone and you're going to Amazon and you're pre-ordering Batman Beyond on Blu-ray. Number seven. The Walking Dead Season 10 trailer and the Rick Grimes films. The Rick Grimes film caught me way off guard. Did last, it? Well, because last I heard... It's supposed to be a series of like mini TV movies. Yeah, like mini whatever you want to call them that were supposed to be like three well, or four episodes long. It's, no, no, it's movies. They okay. were going to be TV Hour movies. Well, two hours plus commercials because yeah, it's okay, AMC. But, uh, it's about two episodes. This wasn't say about two. There was supposed to be length of two episodes, roughly three of those sure. about finished up story of Rick Grimes or what he's up to. Right, three right. of those. And then now they're saying it's going to be like they're moving it to theaters. Right. So that's what blew me away. I was like, oh. At least the first one. Right. I don't think they've committed all three of these films to be shown in theaters because they want to test it out with that first one. Like in Humans. We all saw how great that is. I don't know what you're talking about. Six seasons in a movie, sir. I have no idea what (laughs) you're talking about. seasons in a movie. (laughs) Who who are the Inhumans? I don't know. I think they came and went real fast. They ruined it. My God. They had such a good cast, too. Hurts my feelings. Yeah. They had a great cast, but not a, not a great writer, showrunner, or anything else. <laughs> or money. But we're not talking about the Inhumans. No, sorry, we're going back. So the reason why I bring this up is because, well, for one thing, The Walking Dead is based off of a comic book. Yep. A comic book that just ended, I might add, very surprisingly. Yeah. Robert Kirkman, just a few weeks ago, pulled the plug and ended The Walking Dead with issue 193. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately will not be able to know the ending until the trade paperback comes out because I do not collect The Walking Dead in individual issues. I bought it. Did you? The last issue, second printing, because the cover was really kind of cool. Really? Okay. Yep, and I never ever buy comics strictly based off the cover, but this cover caught me. I am still watching The Walking Dead. Me too. And season nine did get better. I mean, there have been a handful of seasons that... Some fans would say that the, the well they, they tuned out they 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 pulled the ripcord and they've they've been gone for a while. There was a lot of jumping off points because it, it got slow and got weird. It, uh, season six, seven, and eight. Yeah, all three of those seasons, and, in certain points in time, you could pull the ripcord. Yeah, you, you could totally have left the show and never come back. I'm a glutton for punishment. I didn't watch it week to week like I had once done. I waited until the season was available and then I binged it, which I think was a saving grace. Yes. Because if I had to put up with the frustration of watching it week to week with subpar storylines, 
I would have left the show and, and a, never looked back. And a break in between. And, and the, the breaks there's, in between, there's yeah. A, like a month break in the middle where you're like, ah. So yeah, I, I, I binge on Netflix. Personally speaking, I am having more fun watching Fear the Walking Dead, the spinoff show. Fear is good. Than I have been watching The Walking Dead. But The Walking Dead isn't as bad as it once was. I think it got better. It did, it did. And they dropped the trailer for season 10, which usually happens at Comic-Con. Right. Comic-Con loves The Walking Dead. Comic-Con had a huge, huge display where you could walk through some crazy Walking Dead yes. thing that I saw photos of that looked really awesome. Yeah, It's like a whole experience, if you will. I think they have that almost every year, too. Do they? Because yeah. that was the first time I ever saw pictures of it, though. Like I don't know how it got leaked or whatever. But What about you, Pistol? Are you a fan of the any of the Walking Dead comics or TV shows? Uh, I read for a while, and then I watched the first season, and then I kind of gave up. So sorry <laughs> if I'm not more into it, because I don't know what they've done, except for that they had um, Dean and Sam's dad on there at some point. Wow, That's quitter. I know. You're a quitter. No one likes those. Yes, Jeffrey Dean Morgan uh, came to the show as the character negan who is cool who yes who is cool he's, he, he he does have a really great interpretation of the character yeah. it's a little bit different from what he is in the comic books so for all you walking dead fans you've got season 10 of the show to look forward to and you're actually going to be able to see rick grimes up on the big screen supposedly sometime before the end of 2018 can we talk about that trailer do you want to do you want to i do a little bit i have questions Okay. So since I haven't seen season nine, because Netflix hasn't dropped it yet, that's why I watched it. Yeah. The trailer was very interesting. There's a part where, you know, you see Negan. Negan's kind of out and about doing his thing. He's happy. He's content. But he talks to, the, I think his name's Aaron, uh, they're the original scout guy. Yeah. And Aaron has got, like, a, a Marv gauntlet with a mace ball at the yeah, end Yeah, you see, it. if you haven't watched certain seasons yet, maybe you shouldn't be watching trailers. However, <laughs> then later on in the trailer, he has two hands. So that's why I was like, well, hmm. no, you're confused because no. no, he doesn't have two hands. Well, it looks like he did. Oh, that's maybe it was made okay. of wood. That's wow. because he actually does have once he pulled an ash made a robotic hand. No. Well, because this is supposed to be based in reality. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> oh, I'm so dumb. Number six, the first full trailer for Star Trek Picard. This might surprise you boys, but actually as a small child, uh, I was a fan of Star Trek. Oh. Uh, the Next Generation, of course. Yeah. One of my favorite characters on there was Data. And so when he uh, unfortunately sacrificed himself on Nemesis. Whoa. Uh, Spoiler. Jeez. Yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> uh, it's been long enough. If you're just like, how could you bite my shiny metal ass to see him back? A little emotional. I didn't. I didn't want it to end either, man. I was gonna stay away from the trailer and just straight up watch it, but I had to. I had to watch it. I had to watch the trailer, and the end got me. At the end, the end got me a little misty. I am very excited for this to come. So funny story. I first heard about this this morning on my way to work on the radio, and they were like, "We're gonna play you the trailer," and they did. On the radio. On the radio, and then someone mentions Picard's name, and then it cuts out, and the guys on the radio were like. Well, you didn't really get to see it, but Picard was standing there, and it's awesome. <laughs> and I almost laughed so hard at my pants. <laughs> I was like, brilliant. Way to go, guys. When the CBS access channel, whatever you want to call it, the paid service through CBS announced that they were going to start doing more Trek television, I was vaguely interested. 
much like some fans are just franchise fatigued out on Star Wars, I was a little franchise fatigued out on Star Trek. Because it seems like everything they were trying to do almost got me, but just wasn't Trek enough for me. So I, I did not get in on Discovery at all. Nope. Pass. Then I hear not only do they want to do a Picard series, but Patrick Stewart is actually interested in, in coming back to the character. Now that interests me because I was a big fan of The Next Generation. I think I, I was more of a fan of The Next Generation than I was original Trek. I love the movies for the original cast, but the original show was hit or miss for me. But once you hit like halfway through season two of Next Generation, that's some really great science fiction right there. And I loved Patrick Stewart. So when this trailer was announced, I scrambled to be able to watch it in a quiet environment so I can enjoy it. And I was floored. I'm like, all right. Old man Picard, back in the saddle again. And holy crap, that's seven of nine. Holy crap, that's a Borg cube. Holy crap, that's data. And he doesn't look bloated and scary. Like I thought he was going to when they announced that Brent Spiner was returning to the role. Did he like Mark Hamill and like balloon up and then deflate real fast well i mean when you when you were doing mostly voice work oh, that's true. you, can balloon you up didn't really have to yeah. worry about looking like you don't age because that, that was the whole point of data yeah. now we have the technology to where you can age all you want we can just put those little dots on your right. face you're good and we'll smooth it all out in post i'm actually at the point to where i would be willing to pay for yet another streaming service to be able to watch this show because this is I don't want to say my Trek, but it's my Trek. The the J.J. Abrams stuff, it's fun sci-fi action stuff, but it's not Star Trek. I'm right there with you, Pistol. I was a huge Data fan. Uh, as a matter of fact, some of my favorite episodes are Data-centric. Data, lore. Reading Rainbow. And any time that there, he was pair, paired up with Jordy, yes. Re LaVar Burton, thank you very much. No. Pop culture references all the way. Don't know real names. I'm ready for Picard. And I hope you will experience the return of one of the greatest Starfleet captains ever. Number five. The CW Arrowverse shows gear up for crisis on infinite Earths. Now, for all you regular listeners out there, you should know we've got a great episode that covered every single CW Arrowverse show. And of course, we're going to put a link to it in the show notes for this episode on our website. So you definitely need to go and listen to that if you haven't. And if you have, re-listen to it because Crisis on Infinite Earths is coming. And one of the really cool things that, you know, you've been reading and we've been reading about is the returning people they got to be in it. Yes. Like Burt Ward to play an elderly Robin Brandon Routh is going to be Superman. He's going to become Superman again as the kingdom come Superman. Linda Carter returns as Wonder Woman. Oh, I didn't hear that one. And, of course, my up-to-season-four favorite Superman, that's right, Tom Welling, returns as Superman as well. Do you think he's going to wear the suit? Maybe. Because Smallville I'm excited did. to find out. Well, if he's going to be Superman, you never know. CW might be like, well, we, we had him wear red and blue. You it get doesn't it. matter. We've got other people wearing Superman outfits. I know, that's true. I'm so, 
Yeah, there's literally a Superman in Supergirl. Right. I think it would be a dick move on (laughs) the CW's part to not allow Tom Welling to be able to put on any costume. I would stand and applaud. (laughs) Good for you, CW. Stick to those guns. (laughs) The interesting thing about all of these announcements for Crisis on Infinite Earth is this is Arrow's final season. And it's not even a full season. It's a half a season. And it will end with crisis on infinite earth but all of the arrow news kind of got overshadowed by the fact that crisis is coming and the fact that they've got all of these actors not only coming back to play roles that they've played before but then to also play double roles it sounds like we're going to it, it is infinite earth it's supposed to be the multiverse so it does sound like we're actually going to experience a multiverse and we're going to be able to get that full effect of one actor playing a number of different versions of his character but then other actors who have played said character playing different versions of that character when it happens that it will probably be the thing that breaks the internet for December of 2019, because that's when all of these episodes are supposed to land. Damn, already, wow! December, it's the yeah. Yeah, get caught up. You better get caught better up. Better start soon. watching Arrow, yeah. season one, episode one. Rush. <laughs> I don't think you're you going to have any time. <laughs> we're all going to start watching together yeah. every Thursday night. We're going to get together from 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. and we're just going to watch as much as we can. I like it. I- I'll bring the popcorn. I, I, I don't like this plan. And the heroin. Or is it cocaine? Whatever gives you energy. No, her- <laughs> heroines. Female heroes. Oh, not the drug. Number four. Jay and Silent Bob reboot trailer. This is one of the first things I remember seeing announced at Comic-Con 2019 this year. I read it was on a Thursday, the middle of the day. I'm not even really paying attention because most of the time on Thursdays, that's the preview day. Right. They don't really do a lot of big things there. Oh, contraire, mon frere. That's when you get the cool cosplay pictures. It's like but the I mean, Thursday. Yeah, you usually know? that. Like, and then the that's where that's when all of the uh, toy collectors yes. are running to get their all chase exclusives. figures and all the exclusives and stuff like that. But of course, Kevin Smith did not fail us. Uh, shows the trailer, full red band trailer for his sequel to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and I about lost it. I, I watched that trailer several times. First on my phone a few times. Sm- ladies and gentlemen, Smurfy is, is pantomiming nope. that he has not seen the trailer at all. Mm-mm. You you refuse? Yep. I'm going pistol style on this one. So you don't want to know anything about... I made the mistake of reading an article and already ruined way too much. And I was like, I don't even want to see a trailer anymore. I want to try to hopefully put it on my mind until it comes out. Okay. Interesting. Because I love it. So, Fair enough. I feel like I can't talk anymore because well, no, it would okay. No, because like I said, I read that article, and the article spoiled a lot. Because I also follow Kevin Smith on Facebook, and he had a huge posting about stuff. Right. And I got lost and read it, and I was like, what am I doing? Okay, so, well. So that's why, go ahead. Yeah. So, just I mean. put, in, put in the fingers earmuffs, in your ears. Yeah. Do the earmuffs. This trailer is everything I wanted for a follow-up to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I consider that film to be the the comic book equivalent to everything that he's done for the View Universe because really that's what it was. It was live action cartoon with Jay and Bob. And this one, yeah. he does not disappoint because this is 
the reboot. The plot is very simple. Hollywood, who are crazy about rebooting franchises now, are going to reboot the film Bluntman and Chronic Strike Back is now being called, in the reboot, Bluntman v. Chronic. <gasps> How dare they? Yes. To, a dynamic duo. To, to basically cash in on all of the success <laughs> of Batman versus <laughs> Superman. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> so this trailer is all about Jay and Bob having to head back to Hollywood to try to stop this reboot from happening. Colorful characters abound. If you've watched the trailer, uh, I know you saw the exact same things that we did. And and just to remind everybody, all of the things that we're talking about in this episode, we're going to have links galore over in the show notes on our website for this. So click away. If you haven't been able to see something or read something, it's all going to be in one place. You're welcome. But this trailer, actually, after watching a handful of times, and then I, I, I had to pull it up on the big TV. I, I sat my wife down. And the reason why it's it's so impactful for me is because the last time I saw Kevin Smith live uh, was actually uh, for Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, live show that Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes did, basically to keep Jason Mewes occupied so that he is no longer tempted he wouldn't fall back. to fall back right. onto, off of the wagon. He actually read, and I can't say performed, they read a section of the script because they were testing jokes out. They were testing it on audiences. I laughed so hard and I got so excited for this project and I've been following it constantly. If you watch the trailer, at the very end of the trailer, they announce, Jay and, and Kevin announce that they're actually taking the film on the road before it ever gets released theatrically. They're going town to town, city to city, and showing it to people. And I'm gonna tell you this, I've already got my tickets. I'm not allowed. Me and my wife, Already bought tickets. It's coming to St. Louis in October of 2019. I can't wait to see it. Pistol, I know you have seen the trailer. I want to hear your thoughts. Screw this scruffy nerf herder over <gasps> here. Who's scruffy looking? Honestly, I'm super excited. Uh, after you told me about I was originally going to go in normal pistol where I didn't see anything. But uh, you were just like, you have to see it. You have to see it. Peer pressure. So I watched it. Also, I've watched watch it a couple it. times. And uh, I just smiled the whole time. Like, the first time, the one that got me was uh, the return of Ben Affleck. Yes. And Kevin Smith. I read about it. Their friendship. And uh, I couldn't be more happy for it. Like, honestly, it, it just, I just can't wait, man. Like, I'm smiling right now, <laughs> thinking about it and talking about it. Wait, and, who like, does Affleck play? Holden. Okay, not the guy from Fashionable Mail? <laughs> no, no, he's not Shannon. He's holding again. Okay. Essentially, they, they were able to do a sequel to Chasing Amy in the middle of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, let huh. that blow your mind. Already done. Oof. Yeah, okay, I thought he looked familiar as, as one of his multiple roles. And I know Matt Damon's not, but he does look like... Um... Loki? Yes, thank you. You're welcome. So He's dressed up like go. Loki, yeah. <laughs> From Marvel? Yeah. Like, no. From oh, Dogma. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yes, it's Tom Hiddleston. Oh, my God. Okay. Although his brother does show up, Loki's brother, Thor, God of Thunder, or Chris Hemsworth, whichever you've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, there's so much fun-looking things I going there's on. there's a lot like of cameos. Jay's daughter and, like, being a father. Like, it all looks great. Val Kilmer? Fucking Val Kilmer? Yes, please. Yes, he's Blunt Man. You and can then, say it loud enough, well, no, too, for everybody else to hear. Spoilish. Sh- Val then, Kilmer plays 
Blunt Man. And the girl from Supergirl is Chronic. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Melissa Benoist. Thank you. Is Chronic, chronic in, right. in Blunt Man yeah, B. Chronic. chronic. Right, the reboot. Yeah, so all of you Kevin Smith fans out there, I know you're just as giddy as I for the return of Jay and Silent Bob. Number three. DuckTales getting huge guest stars this season. Listen, as the probably only one of the three of us, I don't know about Mr. Impact, who watches DuckTales the reboot. It's It's not the guest stars that I'm excited for, although I am excited for them. It's the story that they've built. Like, there's an ongoing set of multiple storylines that seem like from the little trailer they showed that are all going to converge at the end of this season. And I freaking love it. They've already introduced Darkwing Duck, who I absolutely love, because despite everything or whatever they do to him, his hatred of Gizmo Duck is just, it's there. Like, they've never met yet. Like, nothing happens between them, and he just hates Gizmo Duck. There's a line in one of the shows. Launchpad's talking to him because, of course, they team up Launchpad and Darkwing Duck. Right. And it's um, they, something, 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 Gizmo Duck. And then the guy who played, and then Drake, uh, 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 the, the actor who plays Darkwing Duck, because in DuckTales, Duck, Darkwing Duck is a show that Launchpad loves, uh, looks at him and goes, Whatever happens, I'm better than Gizmo Duck. Like, out of nowhere. Like, if you haven't watched DuckTales, I honest to God recommend it in some way. We were just talking about how it's not on a, a solid streaming service or you can't really find it anywhere. This is something I will be picking up DVDs or Blu-rays of because it's just ter- terrific, just terrific. Some of the people that are going to be guest starring this season, spoilers, I guess I'll give here, because I actually didn't know this until you sent the notes and I had to go look for it because all I did was watch the trailer. Uh, so Darkwing Duck will return. Yeah. And here we go with Spoilers. Goslin Mallard will show up, which will be weird. Gadget, Chip, Dale, and Monterey Jack from the Rescue Rangers. Okay. A grown-up version of Kit and Molly from Tailspin, which hopefully means we get Shere Khan, because I loved him as the villain of the semi... Basically, he was the Lex Luthor of the Tailspin universe. Yeah, Yeah, that's what Shere Khan was. That's exactly who he was. Yeah, he was always against the good guys, except sometimes he was like... Ugh, I guess we have to team up so that I don't totally get screwed out of stuff. He was against the good guys until it was like, oh, our city will get destroyed? Well, I happen to live there. I have a lot of money invested in this city. Fight back with my army, and then, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Uh, And then, surprisingly, uh, because I'm told that Disney, like, they can't use Mickey Mouse, so they're putting in Daisy Duck and Goofy for DuckTales, which will be interesting because Donald is a pretty integral character, and I really like the way they did it. Well, I just like the fact that it's literally the Disney afternoon is almost alive again in this reboot of DuckTales. Except no blue. I've been able to watch the majority of the first season sporadically through that uh, Disney XD app through my Roku, but it's, it's hit or miss. You know, most of the time the episodes are locked. So I haven't been able to watch all of the shows, but what I have seen, I have enjoyed thoroughly. I was actually a little nervous about a reboot of DuckTales, because DuckTales was the show. And then Darkwing Duck came along, and then that was the The show. show. But DuckTales was the show. Not only that, but in the trailer for the rest of uh, the second season, they also show Bubba Duck and Tootsie, the dinosaur. Yeah. So I'm like, 
Whoa. Wow. We're, we're literally putting all of the great things from the DuckTales original series, and we're peppering it into this reboot, and it's out of respect. They're respecting the source material, and that's what I appreciate. When this show first got launched, DuckTales reboot, I was worried because I heard about the cast. Mm-hmm. But then the cast nailed it. Loved yeah. it. At first, I was like, man, you're giving Huey, Dewey, and Louie all different voices. Like, uh, But they're also separate but it, but, characters. But it works, because in the, first, the original cartoon, they were all kind of the same kid, just in three versions. R- yeah. Except for their dancing abilities. Well, but now true. it's like, oh, they all gave them all different characteristics. They have like, personalities. Have. Yeah, yeah, which I was like, I'm all for. Louie is my favorite. Llewellyn Duck is my favorite. <laughs> is it? Is it? Yeah. Voiced by Bobby <laughs> Monaghan, who, who does a great job. Like, yes, I thought because there's one guy at SNL, uh-huh. isn't Abbott? Drunk Uncle. Yeah, then who's the, who's the Abed third one? and yeah. I was John third John Ralphio. That's right, John Ralphio from from Parks and Rec, with with Scrooge and the, David Tennant, the doctor, the doctor himself. Yeah. yeah, the doctor. It's great. Now I will say that it's got a lot of great hits. There's really only two big misses for me personally in the in the reboot, and you know your mileage may vary depending their interpretation because we've already seen Don Carnage. Don Carnage has already shown up in the show, letting people know that the Tailspin universe is alive and well in here. Um, huh. He was a big myth to me, unfortunately. The, the guy they got the voice actor for and the way they betrayed him was not a terribly thrilled with it. Okay. Dude, the uh, old guy was so great. That's hard to top. The old guy who played Don Carnage was so awesome. Yeah. Oh, he's got some yeah. great lines. Fire at wheel! <laughs> no, not that wheel. He is my first mate. <laughs> yes. Favorite and um, oh my God, what is their friend's their chubby uh, junior woodchuck friend's name? Doofus. Doofus. <laughs> Doofus is in the, he's not exactly a miss yet because I. He's, he's like a spoiled a rich kid. Oh, that's not as cool yeah. as like the. But cartoon. a psychotic a, spoiled yeah, rich kid. Like, they went way opposite of that guy. Oh, yeah, because in the trailer, it shows like him with a lot of pinata heads. And then he goes, I've yet to hunt the greatest pinata head of all, or the deadliest pinata head of all. And he just looks up at the camera, man. And I'm like, I love the idea of this crazy child. Yeah. But, like, as it being doofus, I don't like it so much. Like, I'm willing to let this go because it's such a drastic difference. I'm just like, it's basically a new character. So it's like, yeah, they just named him, like, Mike. Okay. Or, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Duck. And for That's here, right. there's room to like ex- grow the character and give him redemption, and like there's ways to make him not doofus but still doofus. But with Don Carnage, it was just uh, I just don't. No. Well, that's fix it. That, so, that's disappointing. Yes. Well, for all you Ducktail fans, be sure to keep your eyes peeled because we will definitely be posting more upcoming announcements of anything coming out. For DuckTales, because it's a Pistol's a favorite show right now. I mean, you're not totally wrong. Number two. Dawn of X titles revealed. Now, Comic-Con is, again, you know, supposed to be mainly about the comics. And Marvel was there in rare form. The next big things was all about the X-Men. Right now, literally this week, the week of recording this podcast, Jonathan Hickman's run on the X-Men with his two miniseries, House of X and Power of Ten, started. These two miniseries are supposed to set up the X-Men and the mutant characters in their rightful place in the echelon of Marvel characters. 
We're supposed to be taking the X-Men seriously again. There's a lot of controversy behind this because Jonathan Hickman is known for doing big, bold, drawn-out stories. And this 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 two-part story, his two miniseries, are being compared to other pivotal moments in X-Men comics history, like Giant Size X-Men number one, The Age of Apocalypse, Grant Morrison's new X-Men run. It's supposed to be that big. Well, after those two miniseries are done, the new line of X-Men books are supposed to debut. Because right now, there's nothing except for those two miniseries. At Comic-Con, they announced the six titles that will be coming out in October and November of 2019. And I think it was a mistake to actually announce this stuff. Because not only do you announce characters in your synopsis, but you also they also showed the art for issue ones of all of these, these books, which then kind of tell you, hey, so these characters are going to be around after your big universe-shaping, shaking miniseries are done. So I don't know how I feel right now about the announcement, but I will run through them briefly for the fans. First up is X-Men. The X-Men's flagship title will return in October with X-Men number one. The X-Men find themselves in a whole new world of possibilities, and things have never been better. Writer Jonathan Hickman and superstar artist Lionel Francis Yu reveal the saga of Cyclops and his hand-picked squad of mutant powerhouses. And then there's the cover for X-Men number one, and on the cover is Cyclops, Jean Grey, Havoc, Kid Cable, Corsair, Vulcan, his brother, Rachel Summers, and Wolverine. So it's a Summers family with Wolverine. Oh, and Wolverine. Why do they call it Summers with Wolverine? (laughs) (laughs) Summers with Logan. Exactly. I am all for a Summers-dominated X-Men book, but again, we just made fun of it a little bit. And Wolverine. Do you have to have Wolverine because it's the main X-Men book, or is there a re- are we putting him there because, ooh, we still have to have that love triangle between Scott, Logan, and Gene? I don't know. I don't know what Corsair is doing there. I especially don't know what Vulcan's doing there. I was under the impression he was dead. He was dead, yeah. I exactly. Thought, I thought sure he was Empire dead, too. Took him out. Right. I guess I got some reading to do, but I'll find out the answers come October. Life and death to the X-Men? mean absolutely nothing. Uh, nothing at all, I know. You're, I mean, you're not wrong. Well, especially this last incarnation of the Uncanny X-Men, they killed a lot of characters, and we're already saying that, oh, none of that mattered. At all. And I don't know how we can say that none of that mattered, because nobody has explained to me yet how you negate all of these deaths. Phoenix. Well, and I'm sure Magic. that Hickman's House of X and Power of Ten will explain that, but we've got another handful of months before those books are ended. Next book is Marauders. The X-Men sail at dawn. Sounds like a football team. The Marauders? And they sail. So it's well, a, not that part. Well, maybe it's not right. like pirates. Okay. I, yes. Can I, can I finish? I'm oh, sorry. Thank you. Even in this glorious new world, mutant kind faces hardships and oppressions from their human counterparts. Led by Captain Kate Pride and funded by Emma Frost and the Hellfire Trading Company, Marauders Storm, 
Pyro, Bishop, and Iceman sail the seas of the world to protect those hated and feared. Written by Gary Dugan of Infinity War and Savage Avengers, and drawn by Matteo Loli, I hope I'm saying that right, artist for As Guardians of the Galaxy and Despicable Deadpool, uh, that book also comes out in October. Are they on a schooner? Uh, yes. Are like a wooden... I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't call it a schooner. Maybe it's, it's a an, sailboat. It's an old wooden ship. Like, it, the yes. diversity. <laughs> it's basically the marauders are pirates, pirates for good. Or... But, like, modern-day pirates on a yacht? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's something how... like... I don't know. I don't okay. understand. There's no pictures? Okay. There, well, there that is. There's the, the, the cover yeah. is shown, but it's all of those characters in dramatic poses on the bow of a but ship. But they don't have, like, swords and, like... Kitty Pryde like... has a sh- sword. So they look like Giant Death from Pirates of the Caribbean? That's where I'm trying to go with this. Well, nobody is actually Smurfy. wearing a pirate Smurfy. hat. That's good. That's good. Good Smurfy. sign. Smurfy. Yeah. Look at me. What? Look at me. I can't. I'm the X-Men now. <laughs> oh, you're the X-Men. Okay. Those pirates got it. <laughs> yes, those pirates. The next book up is Excalibur. A new day is forged. Mutant kind has always been special, as has their relationship with the world or worlds around them. As this new era dawns, a new connection forms between mutants and the magic of the world, and that of Otherworld. Can the new Captain Britain forge a new way through the chaos with her companions Rogue, Gambit, Jubilee, Richter, and Apocalypse? Written by Teeny Howard of Age of Conan and Thanos, and drawn by Marcus II, Age of X-Men, Next-Gen, and X-Men Blue. This book comes out also in October. Predictions. One, Apocalypse doesn't stick around. Two, well, the answer is no. There you go. So it would seem that uh, before all of this happened, probably about two years ago, they changed Psylocke back into a Caucasian woman. With purple hair. Her mind was switched and was placed in the body of a hot Asian Uh, ninja assassin. Where the mind of the hot Asian ninja assassin was placed in the body of the Caucasian with purple hair. Hmm. Well, they switched that back around. Yeah. Why not? So, So now Betsy Braddock is the new Captain Britain. And evidently, we're going to be dealing with things related to Otherworld, which is the nexus of the Marvel Universe's multiverse. I don't know how I feel about that one. Neither do I. I well, I'll tell you I this. I, I'm okay, because it I, seems I like interesting enough. I like enough. the team up. Like, I like the team. Well, the team seems reasonable enough until you throw in Richter and Apocalypse. Well, yeah. So I'm wondering like, well, I, not, I don't think Apocalypse is going to stick around. That's what Well, this like. is this is the thing. Apocalypse is going to be in Hickman's is miniseries, it, The House of X and Power of 10. Is it a good guy? I don't know. Oh. We haven't gotten that far yet, oh, but the simple right. fact that they're showing this makes me kind of is almost a spoiler for what to expect in the books that literally just started. Kid Apocalypse screw so, up and he's on the X-Men team now. What? It, this isn't Kid Apocalypse I though. I know. Or maybe it is, maybe and it they're, is. All grown they're up. yeah, maybe maybe we're being fooled. I don't know. Bamboozled, duped, if you will, duped. Mm-hmm. Well, there will be a new Ecstatics book later on in 2020, but we're not talking uh, about that. No, no pistol. Mind your manners. 
The next book up is New Mutants. The Next Generation Claims the Future. The classic New Mutants, Sunspot, Wolfsbane, Mirage, Karma, Magic, and Cypher get together with a few new friends, Chamber and Mondo, from the original Generation X, to seek out their missing member and share in the good news, a mission that takes them into space alongside the Starjammers. Arriving in November, co-written by Hickman and Ed Brisson, who's writing Dead Man Logan currently, which is a great book, uh, and also uh, helped out on Uncanny X-Men, and drawn by Rod Reese, who did Winter Soldier and Secret Empire. This one is the one I'm probably most interested in, because I love the New Mutant characters, but oh, I yeah. also love the Generation X characters. And the fact that we're kind of working our way to molding them together. I mean, you're no longer new mutants. Right, they've been around for They're a all, I mean, comic book timeline-wise. They're experienced. They're experienced. They're all in their mid-20s right. by now. They're not teens anymore. Uh, the big surprise is that they're actually bringing Mondo back. Mondo has been, was a throwaway character in the original Generation X books and has only made sporadic appearances because he was also not... Really, Mondo, in some of his early appearances, he was a fake Mondo. Again, very confusing. It's comic books. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this one because it's characters that I grew up reading, and it's evidently going to be a space adventure. Who could ask for anything more? I can't get the image out of my head of the Star Jammers landing. Corsair getting out, being like, listen, I'm with these guys. All these other people are going with my crew. We're just going to switch this up a little bit, see how yeah. this works. I'm going to stay here with my <laughs> yeah. sons. Right. And you guys are the captains now. You All guys can take the ship and be, right. be star jammers. I'm, I'm staying here. Call if you need anything. Right. Like, here we go. That's, uh, that's what I pictured. Very right. strange. The fifth series announced is X-Force, because you can't do X-Men without having an X-Force book. The cost of the future isn't cheap. X-Force is the CIA of the mutant world. One half intelligence branch, one half special ops. Beast, Jean Grey, and Sage on one side. Wolverine, Kid Omega, and Domino on the other. That's a team. In a perfect world, there would be no need for an X-Force. We're not there yet. Written by Benjamin Percy of Green Arrow and Nightwing fame, and drawn by Joshua Kassara of Star Wars, TIE Fighters, and Falcon. There's more to this team because on the cover you also have Colossus and Black Tom Cassidy. I thought he was dead too. I, yeah, I thought he was dead too. But the weird thing is is that you usually don't see, if they bring in Black Tom, you usually don't see Black Tom without Juggernaut somewhere. somewhere. Right. This is the first case of we've got characters now in double books. Mm -hmm. We have Jean Grey and Wolverine both on the X-Men book and now on this X-Force book. And I was really hoping that moving forward, because, you know, it's a new dawn for the X-Men books, we weren't going to do this overlapping crap because that's where your continuity starts getting really muddled when you have several characters in multiple books at the same time. For once, an X-Force replaced Wolverine with Deadpool. 
that would have worked. Eh, I mean, to I, an extent. I or actually think they're kind of distancing had. themselves uh, from now, Deadpool. I think they are now. That, that, yeah. that, that thing that ran its course, now they're like, let's right. get back. But Warpath, I'm, I'm well, a Warpath, big fan then. of Warpath. I say there's a lot of other characters that could be the Wolverine without having Wolverine. Right. What, about, what do you think, Pistol? Who do you think should be on this iteration of X-Force besides Wolverine? Uh, obviously, Peter. Uh, they need to bring him back in from the movie and put him in here. An integral force. An X-Force. Peter, the guy who just, I saw the ad, looked like a fun time from Deadpool 2. Peter, the guy, just a regular guy. His name was Peter. Peter, the guy with the mustache. The paratroops in. If I'm going to make Why are we talking jokes? about movie characters <laughs> in a comic book? Because that's pistol you for you. Didn't, did, didn't I just get finished saying that we were, it, it seems like the X-Men comics are trying to distance themselves from, from Deadpool? And that's why I brought it all the way back. Back to Deadpool. I'm not going to explain jokes to you if you don't get them, guys. Come on. And last but not least, the strangest title of them all, Fallen Angels. Who was Angel in it? No. Not all belong in paradise. Psylocke finds herself in this new world of mutant kind, unsure of her place in it. But when a face from her past returns, only to be killed... She seeks help from others who feel similar to get vengeance. Cable and X-23 join Quanon for a personal mission that could jeopardize all mutant kind. Written by Brian Edward Hill of Batman and the Outsiders and Killmonger. And art from Sismon Kordunsky of The Punisher and Spawn. This is the last book that comes out in November. Who's the third character? It's Cable, X-23, and who? And, well, it's Psylocke, but it's the Asian, the oh, Asian the ninja assassin has evidently taken on the Psylocke code name, but her, her real name was Quanon. That's it. Okay, that's what I was like. I never... Okay. Yeah, right, right. So this is an, yet another example. You've got Cable is now also in two books because he's in X-Men with the rest of his family, and now this Fallen Angels. This is the one that I scratch my head at, and I'm like, I don't know where this one's really going to fit in my enjoyment level. We're at this point to where I feel like revealing all of this is kind of going to ruin some of my enjoyment reading House of X and Power of Ten, because we're kind of already saying, hey, out of this huge storyline that's just here's, started, here's, who here's everybody who's making it out. Yeah. yeah. I thought they're all going to die, but here's who's making the cut. I'll be real annoyed if they're like... Betsy Braddock's like waving at somebody, and then the next panel is Maggot going, Hey guys, I'm finally back. And then, like, a gunshot silhouette, and he falls to the ground dead, just just to spite us two. Yeah. And then, like, his revenge, like, I'll be done. I'll be, I'll just, I'll just be absolutely done. If Maggot dies, I riot and quit the X Men books. Say it isn't so. Well, I hope there, it's there not it is, so. Guys. I'm going to start a secret petition. For all of my X Men mutant fans out there i want to know what do you think about the reveals of the dawn of x books just as house of x and power of 10 have started do you feel like it's kind of spoilerific let us know by reaching out to us at our website at mybigfatpullist.com hit the contact button fill out the web form and tell me your thoughts on these six upcoming mutant titles.
Number one. Marvel Studios reveals phase four of their cinematic universe. Whew. You knew it was That's coming. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> I'm sweating right now just thinking about what they've got. For the longest time, the report has been that no word was going to come out about phase four until after Endgame and Spider-Man Far From Home were out and people got to see him. And the simple fact that Far From Home was landing in July, and guess what also was happening in July? Comic-Con. Everybody was pretty much figuring, this is going to be it. We're finally going to get some information about what to expect in the Marvel Cinematic Universe after the epic events of Endgame and Far From Home. And Marvel did not disappoint. The two things that make this phase stand out from other phases is, one, there are TV properties mixed in. And two, there is no Avengers film at the end of the phase. We've all gotten so used to an Avengers film capping off each of the phases, uh, this, this one takes us a little bit by surprise. So we'll start at the beginning. For May 1st, 2020, we get the Black Widow film, which it was announced takes place in between the events of Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. And the maybe not the main bad guy, but one of the bad guys will be comic book fan favorite Taskmaster. Big fan of that villain. Can't wait to see how he's portrayed on film. The next thing we get is in fall of 2020 is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV series for Disney+. Plus. Now, after the events of Endgame, everybody knows, hey, guess what? Falcon is now Captain America. But the cool thing about this series is that they announced that the bad guy is Baron Zemo, mm-hmm. who will actually be comic accurate wearing the purple headdress. Wow. Yeah. They finally learned. Well, they're finally giving us what we kind of want. We want our bad guys dressed in their bad guy regalia. Uh, Then the next film that was announced was uh, November 6, 2020, is The Eternals. Probably the most risk. Especially with our cast. Yeah, the cast is so crazy. Yeah. A huge risk where this movie is concerned because it's a cast of absolutely unknown characters. Unless you read Marvel comics. And I'm talking about you have to be like into marvel history to know who these characters are uh, essentially the eternals are characters who would then one day become the parents of thanos thanos is technically right. an eternal uh this movie is supposed to take place centuries in the past of the marvel universe and supposedly work their way up so these characters who are immortal have been around and they were around during the events of well pretty much everything we've seen so far in the marvel cinematic universe so finding their the place where they fit in, I'm very interested to see where that is. But on the other hand, this isn't the first time Marvel will have taken a chance with relatively unknown characters. Let's see Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, you're not yep. wrong, man. You're yeah. not wrong. And those characters I can see because, you know, it's a ragtag group. They're thrown on a ship. They're trying to save the galaxy. I get that. But now we're going to have big giant cosmic stuff and i'm i'm hoping that by now the audience 
that goes and watches these movies have absorbed enough of the sci-fi fantasy angle of all of these films that these characters and this movie, the Eternals will be something that they can walk into and not go, huh? How about the Eternals fight Galactus? How about Galactus is an Eternal? Well, I was going to say, I I mean, I don't know what to connect it, but I'm like, who's their bag going to be? Again, great questions. And we only have a year to wait. We only have a year to wait. The next film that was announced was for February 12th of 2021, probably the one I'm most excited about, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Finally, we are going to have a Marvel martial arts epic. Good. Shang-Chi is the master of kung fu of the Marvel Comics universe, and because the film is called and the legend of the 10 rings guess who we're finally going to get the real version of the mandarin exactly smurphy we're really going to get to see the mandarin not the version that was played by, ben by trevor the slatterly yeah. the actor the, uh, played wonderfully by was, ben kingsley but ben kingsley did a great job as that but the character design was hot garbage the, well i mean the character was great until you find out he's an actor yeah, I mean, no, you're true. Turning all, turning right, the Mandarin right. into a a, a terrorist. Great. That's a great way to cool. explain the character without going into the fact that he wears ten rings and each one of them gives him a different power. Right. Because they're all extraterrestrial. Uh, That's a little bit hard right. to swallow. Now, not anymore. We've right. I mean we've got we've seen Thanos right. snapping half of the population of the universe out of existence. We can handle ten rings of power. I am one of the few people who actually liked that twist because, to me, when that twist occurred, my brain immediately went off that, oh, he's not the real Mandarin, but the real Mandarin is somewhere out there. And then I was justified in that at the end of when they did the one-shots. All Hail the King. All Hail the King. Yeah. Yeah, it sets it up to where the Mandarin is out there somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we're finally getting that payoff here with the Shang-Chi movie. Yes. I I am so ready for this. Now it starts to get weird again because we go back to Disney's streaming service with WandaVision, which is finally supposed to give Wanda the code name Scarlet Witch. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but we haven't heard anybody call her Scarlet Witch since she's shown up in Age of Ultron. Then she got referred to as witch once by somebody. But I think it was instead of, they couldn't call him a bitch. They called her a witch. Ah, well, but that doesn't it. count. Oh, I'm saying, I think that's about the close we get. Well, from what, from what I've read, WandaVision is supposed to show why Wanda is called the Scarlet Witch. Okay. And we get Paul Bentley back as, as Vision. So, I mean, that's great. I'm wondering where this falls into the actual timeline. I mean, have we put the vision back together? It's got to be before Infinity War. I'm thinking it's got to be before. Well, it doesn't have to be before. I mean, it doesn't have to be. You're right. Maybe Shuri downloaded his consciousness and there's a new body. Uh, who knows? We only have to wait until spring of 2021 to find out. Maybe they didn't give back that stone. Steve Rogers never gave it back. I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Fine. And then right after that, in May 7th, 2021, we get Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, co-starring Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch. Now, what I read about this is that we're going to see, quote-unquote, the real Scarlet Witch. 
I've, I don't know what that means either. That's what they're saying. I don't know what that means either. Because I'm thinking, I what, I, what I'm thinking is that the codename gets revealed, Scarlet Witch. So we're going to see her true power. I don't know. Okay, that's just what I'm thinking. Well, that that, that can make sense. That makes sense, right? But I don't think that there's two no Scarlet so Witches out no. there, right? Although they are getting ready to go into the multiverse, so there might Who be. Knows? Uh, this movie has been reported to be the first horror film that Marvel is going to be doing for the comic book movies. Very interested to see that, but they also build the first Doctor Strange as the first dip into horror. Oh, really? And we really I didn't get that. that. We had some demonic possession, more or less. Uh, well, there was if, some if, weird if, stuff, if, but it wasn't no. horror. No, it wasn't horror. There was more horror in the fourth season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when they introduced Ghost Rider than there was in anything we saw in that first Doctor Strange film. Uh, moving on, in the spring of 2021 on Disney streaming, we've got the Loki TV series. This is the Loki right. that disappeared with the Tesseract during yep. the time heist in Endgame. Yep. So it's not the Loki that right. we know that That's what I'm saying. ended up redeeming himself and right. got like, along with his brother and sacrificed. This is still the, hey, I want to destroy the world, Loki. Rule the world, not destroy. Rule. He wants to take his rightful place as a king of a world. Next up, we have in summer 2021, Disney streaming's animated What If. Now, this series will be just like the comic books. There will be a watcher. He will introduce the story, the concept. Marvel has already said they are getting back actors who have played these characters in the films to voice their characters in this cartoon. Okay. So Chris Evans will be Captain America. Yes. Cool. I'm on board now. Scarlett Johansson will be the Black Widow. Everybody is coming back back to voice their character. Now, of course, it's going to be what if, so it's going to be... What if Tony Stark found the hammer or shield or whatever, right? Instead of actually being Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, something like that. The, whatever. That, sorry. It's that what example, if. But you're right. What if is is awesome. Again, we're going to stick with the streaming service. We get in fall 2021, Hawkeye. That's it. It's just Hawkeye. Just Hawkeye. Everything else has got really cool titles. Well, it's it's the this font is actually from the comic book series. Well, right. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring in. Like, yeah, like this Hawkeye has a wife, 15 fucking kids. <laughs> but like they're giving us the Hawkeye logo. From the comic series, and that's kind of what I want to see. So I'm interested to see what we've got. Well, it's loosely based off of Matt Fraction's comic book. This is going to be Clint Barton training Kate Bishop to be the new Hawkeye. Yeah. Hmm. So it seems like we're working on the legacies as well. Maybe eventually, someday, maybe in Phase Six, Phase Seven, we'll get the Young oh, Avengers. Avengers. That'd be cool. And rounding everything off, November fifth. 2021 we get thor love and thunder don't know if i'm really cool with that title doesn't really roll off the tongue directed again by taika waititi who directed ragnarok Mm -hmm. i'm all for that title because that title is just metal as hell (laughs) that is is a hair band's greatest album title you think of like any hair band, and then you think like Love and Thunder. And, like, and those are greatest albums. The greatest hits were on there. Yeah, I'm all for it. So the big reveal for this movie, though, was that Natalie Portman is returning to play Jane Foster. She's back, baby. She's back. And I mean, she was back already, but yes, 
Shut up, Pistol. Technically, that in flash. <laughs> in in-game, none of that was actual new footage. Right. It was old footage that was on the cutting room floor of Dark World, and they just pieced it together to make it look like it was new footage. She didn't want anything to do with Dropped it a, a little bit of knowledge on it. Right. Well, because she didn't anything to do with the Marvel Universe for a while. Well, she or was so upset. She, she was upset over the firing of Patty Jenkins for Dar- Thor: The Dark World, and of course, remember Patty Jenkins went on to direct Wonder Woman. Gaia. Okay. And it was a huge success. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a feeling that two factors were at play with getting Natalie Portman back. Money. One, r- yes, money. Because, you know, money can Toss. change anybody's values. We all have our price. And the fact that it does look like Jane Foster will take up the hammer and play the female version of Thor in this film. At least that's what all of the footage at Comic-Con kind of points towards. So all the stories are read. Very interesting. There's a handoff. Which I'm totally cool with. I, yeah, I'm like, fine I'm with that. that. Wild thing about uh, this is that it's a phase... Phase, you know, phase four, but it's only taking place over the course of two years. This is like the shortest phase we've ever seen. And I'm even counting the first phase, you know, Iron Man up to Avengers. That took more than just two years. That was like five years, wasn't it? Yeah. Like each count and the fact that we have specifically pointed out television shows in between these movies means that... Marvel's TV properties are finally going to mean something when it comes to the overall narrative of their universe, which is something yeah. I've uh, been bitching about for the longest time. Uh, the, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has strayed away and become something, become its own thing, which is great. It's a much better show just relying on its own merit. But now all of the Netflix shows mean basically mean nothing. They, and they all try to tie in by blurbing, like, oh, after the incident, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. But that was it, and then you never heard And it's something that it. could take place, something that can exist in the multiverse. Right. I mean, who knows? We might actually see Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch traveling to the world where the Defenders exist. Right. And maybe we'll actually get to see Mike Coulter and Charlie Cox reprise their role. Who knows? But unfortunately from Comic-Con, what we also learned is that your beloved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D does come to an end at season seven yes agents of shield is ending with season seven they were actually filming the final episode of season seven while at comic-con production had started on the final episode of season seven which i mean season seven won't even debut until next summer so so lord only knows what's going to happen between now and then when when that final season does start uh, the last thing that happened where Marvel and their cinematic universe was concerned, they announced a new Blade film. Not appearing in Phase 4, most po- probably showing up in Phase 5, but we are getting Blade, new version, rebooted into this new cinematic universe. And I'm, I'm, I'm only going to say this, and then I'm going to drop it, because, again, we don't know much. It better be rated R. Agreed. Everybody like the first one, rated R, violent I mean, and awesome. Yeah, and I I think it will be like whatever. I, I hope they it will be learned. because it it's bringing in another element to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we haven't seen. Yeah, that's vampires. There have been 
no clues to any sort of you know mumbo jumbo monster stuff really. Right. So like how have how have these vampires gone so long without being outed? I guess. Yeah. Detected by anybody? Right. It'll be very interesting to see how they insert the supernatural horror element into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And who knows? Maybe it'll start with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, We don't have a long time to wait, but, I mean, two years does not seem like a long time, but for us geeks, it feels like an eternity. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, though, about something about how this phase didn't end with an Avengers movie. Because it, the first Avengers phase took five years, let's say. Yeah. I think that's what they're doing, these short burst phases, to kind of give people like small glimpses into other parts of the Marvel Universe. Because other than Thor and Black Widow, like they're going off into different directions, seeing what now Captain America and the Winter Soldier are doing, seeing what Loki's like. We're, we're visiting the whole Marvel Universe. We're not just focusing kind of on one story that travels through a narrative. Well, the other thing too, pistols. Uh, who's the? Who are the Avengers? Who's what's the team going to be? They got to reestablish almost a new team again. A new threat has to happen that a brings threat, a handful of, of heroes together. Just and like who are those in the heroes though? Because you already know, right. like you we're going to build to yeah, that. I, I feel like we're going to build to that. That's what they got to build. That's what they're like. We can't have an Avengers movie. We got to build a team up again. You know, Phase Five. You know, they're in development. There's going to be Black Panther two. There's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three. There's going to be Captain Marvel too, and 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 there's definitely going to be Spider-Man homeschooling. I heard they're throwing in Fantastic Four. I heard that popped well, up. Well, they're they're That's in the de- tail it's end. in development. Right, it's a tail end of all this stuff. They haven't said where it's going to show up, but because of the merger, they're definitely not going to let Fantastic Four just sit there. Right. They will put him in some somehow. I don't know how. Right. And maybe that is the overall big bad. Maybe Galactus shows up, the Fantastic Four there, but then we also got the Avengers. Right. Who knows? A lot of things to speculate, but again, only time will tell. Well, those are all of the announcements that we cared to talk about, but we want to know what were your favorite announcements from this year's Comic-Con? Head on over to our website at mybigfatpulllist.com. Hit the contact button, fill out the web form, and fill us in on the things that you dug at San Diego Comic-Con 2019. Well, that was the end of this list show, but who knows? Maybe we'll do another list show in the future. Until next time, I am Mr. X. I'm Smurfy. And I am Pistol Danger. Insert the bang. And we'll see you next time. That's our show, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe on the podcast listening app of your choice. What he means is download and subscribe on every app possible. Have comments, questions, suggestions for future shows? Reach out to us at our website at mybigfatpulllist.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, keep your web fluid sticky. Your batarangs sharp. Ouch. And your space guns charge. That's not a space gun. That's Megatron. (laughs) 
what are the, the Eisner, Eisner Awards? Yes. yes. Well, I'm glad you asked, Pistol. The Eisner Awards are... I'm not are... Pistol. That's okay. Okay, yeah, I'll take that back. Yes. Phone, smart guy. Yes. Thank you. I was reading and trying to talk at the same time, which doesn't really work. Mm. You guys both shit on Mr. X real quick? That'd be great. <laughs> done. <laughs> Check. Oh, done and done. Why do I pay to do this? <laughs> Seriously. Okay. I like the ladies. <laughs> you there? What show? DuckTales. We're at number two. Oh, yes, we are. Yes. Give me one <laughs> second. Sorry. I was, I, was, I was walking with my phone to grab a quick bite, but yes. One second. I will head back. Oh, jeez. Jeez. Is there a fire? What's going on? It's a fire in Pistol's pants. Oh. I don't know what that means. Well, I, just, I don't know what that means. Make, that, that makes no sense. Fire crotch? Yep. Okay. He's really a redhead. <clears throat> Anything from you, Pistol? No. Okay. None whatsoever. Oh, you're so mad. <laughs> All right. It's feisty. <clears throat> Insert I'm the, here to be sassy shit. and lovable, and you're, and you're ruining it. And I'm not even supposed to be lovable. I can't even say insert the tone. I still got one more book to talk about. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Oh, shut up. I'll, I'll cobble oh, that. Lord. I'll cobble that together somewhere. All right. 